And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about why American boys are failing at school and why are men losing in life. And then we're going to step from there and kind of take a look at why are children in general having a hard time growing up these days. And so that's what we're going to talk about here on the show. And the premise comes from an article in the New York Post entitled exactly just that, Why American Boys Are Failing at School and Men Are Losing in Life by Richard Reeves. And it's fascinating to look at, especially when you compare it to being in the education field and then looking at it because in the education field that I work at, I deal literally every day kindergarten or potentially kindergarten to adult education. I mean, there could be days where I do three, four, five classes at an elementary school and then I go to adult ed, or maybe I'm at high school one day and then I have adult ed. And so it's a fascinating subject because where is it? Is it systemic? Is it just boys will be boys? And why is it that a lot of times you find that men are the ones that are homeless, on the streets, failing at jobs. What's the job sector looking like these days that put men in these positions? So let's go ahead and take a look at it. Now, it starts out by talking about how boys lag behind girls in math and English during grade school and represent just 40% of college students. Okay, so if boys are failing academically, so much so that only 40% of men are in college. What could be the problem? It also goes on to say that uh, almost one in four boys, that is, are characterized as having a developmental disability. Fewer than one in 10 jobs now require what the Bureau of Labor Statistics describe as heavy work requiring the occasional lifting of 51 to 100 pounds or frequently carrying 26 to 50 pounds. You ever see that in a, in a uh, job ad? It gives all the different requirements that you're expected to do. And then it might say occasionally lift or be able to lift 25 to 50 pounds. Basically, it's a laborsome job. It requires some muscle. You know, warehouse jobs might, might require that or, um, moving jobs, or if you're like in a truck delivery job, not like long haul truck, but if you have to deliver from a department store or maybe you have to deliver from a warehouse. And so you have to move some heavy things around, you know, maybe someone ordered a new refrigerator and you have to lug that thing from the warehouse onto the truck, from the truck to the location. We're not talking about Amazon where you just drop off or FedEx or uh, UPS, where you're just dropping off Amazon packages. We're talking about heavy moving. Sometimes that's required. Other things that might be required if you're dealing with manual labor could be like forklift driver. I mean, do you have the skills to do that or do you have to learn that? A lot of forklift drivers make a lot of money. And it talks about that even before COVID, the economy, even in that economy, which was pretty healthy, it mentions 9 million men of prime working age not employed. And it goes on to describe how men with just a high school education, one in three are not working. So that high school education 
just really isn't cutting it anymore these days. And so why is it that education is failing men? The article goes on to say that nearly one-fourth of all boys, like I mentioned, are categorized as having developmental disability and have to repeat grades. And so what could be the cause of this? Well, one of the things that comes to mind is when you look at the education system from kindergarten, well, through sixth grade primarily, you don't see a lot of men. In fact, that's what it comes down to. If you really want to know what the answer is, it's a lack of men in the lives of young boys, raising them up to be men. And the men that we have out there are becoming feminized by the world and by society. And so, therefore, men are not becoming men, and boys are not becoming men. And we'll get into all that. It goes on to say that a national recruitment drive for male teachers could be the answer. Boys doing better in school with more men at the front of the classroom, especially in subjects like English. I have a master's in English. I teach English at the college level. And like I said, I've also dealt with kids in kindergarten. And when you take a look at this idea of getting men into the classroom at younger ages, there might be something to it. Now, women do a great job, but there's this stigma in society where men have certain male jobs. And through the history of, I think we're celebrating Title IX now, right? 50 years of Title IX. But there's always been this emphasis on women breaking the glass ceiling, women getting equal wages, women getting into colleges, STEM courses, you know, doing the male-related or male-dominated jobs, right? And so while doing that, and while that's a good idea because we do want equality, but what happens to the men that are being pushed out, okay? There's no jobs for them to go to. If they're getting pushed out of corporate America, if they're getting pushed out of some of those jobs that were male-driven, and now women are taking them, where do the men go? It's almost like we have to recycle them back into some of these other jobs, such as teaching, and some other jobs such as maybe healthcare. I mean, because you're not a doctor, is a nurse really that bad? Because you're not a pharmacist, but a pharmacist technician, I mean, I think that would be a respectable and good job to go to work at a pharmacy and be the person that dispenses the pills, make sure everybody has the right pills, fulfill prescriptions. And there's a lot of programs that you can go and get maybe some short three, four-month certifications that will allow you to do that, quick turnaround. You're starting to see a lot more women drive over-the-road trucking. They get their CDL license, and so they're over-the-road truck driving, right? And so why not recycle some of those jobs for men? Some of the jobs that might be considered too feminine or too much of a woman's job. We got to get rid of that stigma, you know, so you have a drive to get more male teachers, especially in the younger classes. You see it a lot more in high school, obviously, and you see it in uh, college as well. But college, I think, is a uh, different subject because you're dealing with different, a different dynamic by then. It says a men, uh, men account for a shrinking share of teaching in the teaching profession, teachers. Just 24% supposedly of teachers are men. That's down from 33% in the 1980s. In elementary schools, only 11% are men. And in the earliest years, men are virtually invisible. Just 3% of kindergarten teachers are men. 
So if you were walk, uh, if you were going to walk into a classroom and you saw a male kindergarten teacher, what would you think? Well, if you saw the movie, the first thing you might think of is kindergarten cop. But outside of that, what might you think? Would you think that there's something wrong with the guy because he's teaching kindergarten, maybe first grade? One of the reasons why I like to be in the kindergarten classroom is because it's ABC, it's one, two, three, it's some crayons, it's some stick glue, and it's scissors. I can do that. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to teaching, but when I get in there and I work one-on-one or in group settings with kindergartners, that's what I'm doing. I'm working on their ABCs, their one, two, threes, maybe some arts and crafts to reinforce that, and then I'm engaging with them. But if you walk in and you see a male teacher in kindergarten, what would you think? Would you think that's odd? Would you think there's something nefarious going on or the guy has maybe an underlying reason that's not healthy for why he's there? Would you accept it? I often thought about that this past summer. I spent five weeks teaching summer school and it ended up where I was teaching kindergarten reading. And we had a good time. We had a lot of fun learning to read. I will never look at Pete the Cat and his Four Groovy Buttons book ever again the same way. But we utilized it to create some songs, to create some rhyming, and to, more importantly, help them improve their reading. And then other teachers were doing math and, I guess, um, writing with the three areas of emphasis for summer school. But you look back at summer school, now that I think about it, there was a you know some PE guys that were out there doing PE, but... Nobody in the lower levels of the kids that I were around were men. Even when it comes to going from different schools in the area that I attend and and work at, there's not a whole lot of men, one or two here. Let's take and exclude PE because PE tends to be one that is um, dominantly or can be predominantly a men's subject that they teach. But there's not a whole lot there, and I wonder why. I wonder why that's the case. Is it because it's not considered a manly job? Is it because it's not stimulating enough? Well, if you've never been in the classroom, you might think that. But if you've ever been in a classroom with third, fourth, fifth graders, even sixth graders, it's quite stimulating. And there's a lot of learning going on that doesn't include academics, It's teaching these kids how to live life. It's teaching these kids to problem solve in a way where when they grow up, they can address more serious problems. It's dealing with problem solving on the playground, arguments that might take place, fights that might go on because there's a dispute over the rules of a game or somebody's not playing with the ball the right way or somebody's cutting on the slide. I mean, all kinds of things that can go on. But you've got to teach these life skills. And so if we were to introduce men into this area, especially men that might be able to take a look at some of these kids, some of these boys that are a little bit more active than others, or just the mindset of building and destroying. I mean, you can look at, give a little kid some building blocks. What's he going to do? He's going to build them up. He's going to come knock them down. Or what happens a lot of times is, Somebody, somebody else will be building and this boy will come and knock him down. It's a part of what the male mind goes through, the young boy's mind. It's about mixing it up. It's tactile. 
And so we get that nurturing woman's perspective, which is great. But what if we added more of a male-dominated or a male-minded person in there to help? I remember during this summer school class that I was teaching, we had a very troubled kid that just didn't want to participate. Smart kid, but didn't want to participate, had some issues, don't really know too much because, again, it was only five weeks. And he would go off into the corner, and I would just tell him, when you're ready to come back, there's your chair. But until then, you can sit in the corner. I wasn't going to coddle him. I wasn't going to try to coax him back and do his work. I was just going to leave him. Now, others might try to coax him and bring him back, try to solve the problem, try to you know, do something to get him. I'm just like, no, when you're ready, come back. And eventually he would. And some other teacher made the comment that maybe that's a, an example that she could use with problematic kids in her class. Try not to coax them, but just let them go sit in the corner, give them space, and just go about your business. Eventually they do come back. So instead of having that fight, now, there's other times you need them to do something because it's a disciplinary thing, and you need them to comply right away, so you have to attend to that. But again, when you're picking your battles, is it really important if he misses out? Well, yes, but are you going to disrupt the rest of the class to try to get that kid back into the fold, so to speak? Probably not. So again, if we only have 11% of teachers are male at the elementary school level, 3% in kindergarten, why is that? Because it's a hard job. Any teacher will tell you that. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You're probably considered underpaid for all the stuff that you have to do. Think about those parent-teacher conferences, those uh, progress reports, other type of reports, behavior issues that you have to deal with, maybe some of the fun stuff like uh, after-school activities if you sponsor a club or something, maybe school nights uh, if you have like a, a fun night at a skate land or something and you have all this other stuff going on and then you're bringing your own money into it for certain things, maybe to reward kids. And so maybe you bring candy into the classroom or you do other things of your own resources. And so, yeah, you're probably thinking it's underpaid, but it's challenging. Tries your patience. Creativity, the more creative you are the better chance you might have. And like I said, patience. And so why is it that we don't have men coming in? Why aren't we recruiting them? We were pushing and having this national push to get women out of the house in the 50s, right? They're no longer the housewife. Into the 60s, there's this whole revolution. And then in the 70s, 80s, you're trying to push them to break that glass ceiling. And so we always focus on that. But then what are we going to do with these guys? How are we going to bring them back in? And then you've got guys, obviously, that go off to the military, women too, but to the military, and then a lot of them come back and they're homeless veterans suffering from PTSD because they're out in combat. I don't think we quite see that from women because I don't think women are in combat to the extent that men have been over the years, over the wars that we've been enduring. You might start to see that now as we get women in combat. You might get this PTSD and these other coming back from the war syndromes that might affect how women respond in normal everyday life. But we see it in men a lot. And so why is that? Why is the home life such a wreck? And the answer really comes down to it's the lack of the father figure. It's the lack of the male figure. It's the lack of the positive role model. It's the lack of the mentor in the lives of these kids 
that can give them a good, positive idea of what it's like to be a man and to approach the world from a manly perspective. That includes respect. That includes courtesy. That includes kindness. That includes taking care of your business, whether it's your schoolwork, your job, your responsibilities, your chores, whatever it might be. You get this male idea instilled into these young boys, and you might start to see a change. You might start to see a change in behavior. You might start to see a difference of the statistics that we're talking about. More guys going off to college. Maybe more guys getting involved in what was considered women's roles. You know, being a nurse could be a very challenging, productive, and rewarding career. And you're starting to see more and more male nurses, but there tends to be the stigma still, I think, that a male nurse should be a doctor or should be something else. But why? And what if he does want to be a male nurse? What if he does want to have that job? What if he does want to be the administrative assistant, but in the old days, the secretary? What if he does want to be that waiter, bartender, waits tables? I think it's okay. And we got to break down those stereotypes, those societal norms. Again, it goes back to that box idea that I bring up every once in a while on the show. You know, you put a box on a whiteboard in the classroom and you put a box on it. That's where society wants you to live, inside that box. You have societal norms that you have to abide by. You have society's way of life, society's group think. Society dictates the social norms, and we get that influence now more so from social media. But what happens to the rest of the whiteboard that's outside the box? It's empty. But why is that? Why can't we erase that box And now we have this full canvas of life that we can use to paint whatever masterpiece we want. Jobs, careers, career path, educational path. A lot of people think you have to go to college. Well, maybe in this day and age, you don't have to go to college because there's other ways that you can achieve an education. Maybe trade school might be the way to go. They're starting to find out that more and more of the trades are starting to become a way to go. Instead of going to school and getting a four-year degree at a liberal arts college, and now you have this college debt that we debate whether or not we should forgive. But instead, you go and learn a trade. Now, you can take that trade with you no matter where you go. So the college I teach at, they offer some free trade-type classes, okay? Like your CDL. I think you can get a CDL in six uh, six weeks or really short period of time. I think there's like an HVAC. I think there is a fiber optics, which I think is like a three-month course. And then there's some others. These are like skilled positions. There's one guy I know. uh, He's an eye surgeon, a friend of mine, and he does very well, obviously being an eye surgeon, but he was telling me the story of somebody he knew that might have a little bit of a past, a sketchy past, but he's turned his life around and he's working in the HVAC world. He makes a ton of money. In HVAC, as someone who was uneducated, has a bit of a record, turned his life around, got the skills, and now he's in demand because construction is booming where he lives, and the guy's constantly in demand because they look past that, and they see someone that's dedicated, hardworking, and that's the other thing, too, when you think about it. What do we do with people coming out of prison, these men that go in, 
are they really being rehabilitated or are they just serving their time? Because the quote often says, or the saying, I guess, is you go to prison to become a criminal. That's where you learn the criminal element. That's where you hone your skills and you get that criminal mind by going to prison. But it's the absence father, the absence male father figure that is there in the home, in the school. Even now, when you get into these uh, leagues, these athletic leagues, you have coaches that think this is the NFL, think it's Major League Baseball, and they're pushing these kids. Now, I was fortunate to have a lot of success in sports growing up. Not so much as a team per se. We did pretty good. But individually, and then when I look back at that, I remember a lot of it, but not too many people do. In fact, I couldn't even tell you if I didn't have my records that uh, we kept from back then. You know, the leagues would pass out these weekly updates on how the league was, and I kept them all these years, or the old high school scorebooks that maybe my dad kept. If I didn't keep those, I couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't remember all that, but I know about it because I kept these records, these scorebooks, right? People aren't going to remember that. So instead of just focusing these young kids on win, 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 play, 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 why not teach them some life skills as well? Why not teach them how to be a leader? Why not teach them how to look out for somebody else, not just themselves? Because that's what we're pushing. We're pushing kind of a narcissistic society when it comes to sports because, yes, we have to compete with all these other people. But how do we look out for them? How do we be leaders and lead them? I think we don't see that anymore, especially a lot of times when it comes to these athletes. I mean, just recently, Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors, now he's taking some time off because he punched a teammate in practice. And what are we doing? And so, again, we get back to what we're talking about, these men. So we've got these boys that are being raised by women, which is, again, women do a great job. And I've got a clip that I want to play in a little bit that's going to reinforce that because men have checked out. And there's many reasons why. Way too many to get into it on this podcast. We've touched on it before. But there's a lot of reasons why. Not an excuse, but there's reasons why. So men check out so they're being raised by women. Grandmothers, mothers, aunts. The court system is even packed against men. When it comes to child custody, women usually get custody or maybe joint custody. But seldom does the guy get all the rights or seldom does the guy have a majority of the rights. It's always they get the visitation. They have to go over there. And then depending on how toxic the mom is, she might be bad-mouthing the dad. So, again, there's a lot of issues. But let's get back to it. So at the elementary level, 3% kindergarten teachers, 11% elementary teachers, high school a little bit more, 40% of men in college compared to 60% for women. So you've got this shrinking influence, okay, of men. Again, even in, in the professional world, we're starting to see female coaching in the men's teams. You're starting to see female referees in men's games. Okay, so again, the shrieking influence of men on men. How about in, uh, like we talked about, 
the nursing world, 12% of men comprise of nurses. And that's declining. You talk about psychologists. Among psychologists under the age of 30, just 5% are men. So if men have a problem, who are they going to to help with their problems? Women. I think there's a book out there. Women, women are for Mars and men from Venus or women from Venus, men from Mars. Well, they're on two different planets and nobody's on Earth. So if men are having problems, the therapy they go to, who's giving them advice and do they truly understand the male mind? There's a lot of great psychiatrists and therapists out there, so we're not demeaning that. That's not the point of this. But I'm just saying, if you've got a male problem, and what if it's a relationship problem? So a guy's going to go to a female therapist to talk about his relationship problems with another woman? That's not very good, right? I mean, it's not bad, but probably not the best way to go about it, right? We need to get the influence of men on men back up there. Because men understand men's problems. Men can address men's problems because men have been there. Men have experienced that. Just like men can't really uh, know what a woman's going through. But yet we've got women trying to understand what men are going through and trying to help them because men won't go into these professions. And the question is why? Is it because that stigma? Or is it because of other reasons? So when you take a look at all these things from like nursing uh, the healthcare fields, maybe some administration, teaching, education. You got probably just around 16% of college degrees are awarded to men. Why is that? What about apprenticeships? Like I said, just because you go to school or don't go to school, that doesn't really mean anything because you can still have a very successful life working hard and doing things like trade school and even going out there and being an apprentice. But women dominate training in programs that lead to jobs such as pharmacy technician, like I mentioned earlier, 81%, nursing assistant, 91%. What about child care worker? 97% are women that go into these fields. So you're sitting there and you're looking at this and it's becoming a women-dominated society with the influence of our young boys. So how are boys to become men If men are absent, they can't. They only become what they are influenced by, and that's the influence of women. And it's not going to be a male-minded mind that raises them up. There's oftentimes I'll sit in a classroom or be out on recess, and I'll see two kids doing something. And I don't think twice about it. I think that's normal. And then the lady teacher will come over and tell them to stop. Might get hurt. Can't do that. I'm thinking to myself, why? That's perfectly normal. The point is, it's that you see things from two different approaches. How many times on social media have you seen these videos that kind of pop up when mom's away and dad's watching the kid type things? The kid is seldom dressed matching. They're usually doing something dangerous. Like maybe instead of pulling the wagon and going for a walk, you attach the wagon to the back of a tractor or like the John Deere or something. There's always doing something dangerous, right? Or there's always something different. It's a different perspective from when the dad takes care of the kids to when mom takes care of the kids. And you see these videos, or at least I do, pop up on uh, social media. And usually they're kind of you know, 
joking when they put these videos up there. But that's the mindset. The mindset is if the dad watches the kid, they're going to do things a little bit more dangerous. If the mom watches the kids, they're going to try to do everything they can to protect and be safe. If the dad watches the kid, hey, the kid's got clothes on. That's all that matters. Mom watches the kids, matching bow, matching socks. Clothes are all color-coordinated. Different mindset. Dad takes the kid out on the town. Might be one thing where they go. Maybe it's Chuck E. Cheese and all those germs and cooties. Be damned. We're just going to go to Chuck E. Cheese, play some skee-ball, get some of those, uh, if they still give them out now, those uh, tickets that you can go get prizes. Do something like that. You're going down a, a water park slide. It's going to be a little different. So, again, the mindsets of the two opposite sexes are different. And so when you lack that male influence in these young boys, there's a reason why. According to the Brookings Institute in 2018, a study of 37 states had this. About 88% of girls graduated on time compared to 82% of boys. 6% gap. You might think that's not too bad, but it's a 6% gap. Over 45,000 fewer boys in the U.S. than girls would have graduated in high school in 2017 and 2018. So you look at that 6% of just the 37-state study, and you have 45,000 fewer boys graduating high school. Now where do they go from there? They don't have a high school education. And then what about foster care? So maybe they do then end up in a foster care situation. 23,000 young adults age out of foster care each year. Where do they go? Where do these young men go? Because oftentimes women have a better opportunity to get accepted somewhere because they're deemed less a threat. You're walking down the street. You see someone coming. You cross the street. What are the chances that it's a guy and even more so a black guy? Do you cross the street when you see another woman coming your way? Probably not. Do you cross the street if it's another black woman coming your way? Probably not. But if it's a guy, if it's a black guy, you're crossing that street. That's because that's the type of society that we've grown up in in our thought process. These guys are dangerous people, and we don't even know them. We know nothing about them. They could be the nicest person, but yet we deem them a threat. Because of who they are. In 1972, men were 13 percentage points more likely than women to get a bachelor's degree. Then Title IX passed to help women, which is a good thing. Now women are 15 percentage points more likely than men to get a bachelor's degree. So what happened in the 50 years of Title IX that we have a swing, a pendulum swing of 28%? It's because men's forgotten. Men are forgotten. Gender inequality in higher education is wider today than it was 50 years ago. But it's the other way around. So yeah, Title IX was good. It brought women into equality. But in the meantime, we forgot about men. We forgot about young boys. We've left them behind. In this effort to push forward, and now we're starting to see men struggle. Almost a quarter of U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent. Almost 25% of children under the age of 18 live with one parent. Let that sink in. And that is with no other adult. 
no grandma, no aunt, no nothing, just the kids and the one parent. And I bet if you delved into that, it would be the mom. In comparison, 3% of children in China, only 3% live with one parent, no other adult. 4% in Nigeria, 5% in India live in single-parent households. U.S. children are more likely than children elsewhere to live in a single-parent household. They're much less likely to live in expanded families. So in the U.S., 8% of children live with relatives, such as an aunt or a grandparent, compared to 38% of children globally. So kids in general have a hard time making it in this world, let alone trying to get ahead in life with adult supervision or adults overseeing you. When you talk about 25% have just a single-parent household, nobody else, and then you're looking at, what did I say, 8% maybe has a parent, one parent with an, another adult of some sort. And who knows how healthy that relationship is. It's completely different. I want to play something for you here that uh, a guy just telling a story about what it's like to be without a father. I lost my dad at the age of 10. My mother was left to raise three wild teenage boys. Being without a dad left me in grief, anger, and resentment. By the age of 16, I had become openly rebellious and turned to drugs. I hated school, authority figures, the people around me, and mostly I hated myself. I'm proof that good kids without a dad can turn bad. Kids without fathers increase behavioral problems, higher risk of drug and alcohol abuse, more likely to commit crimes, twice the dropout rate, 4x the poverty rate, and kids without fathers represent 63% of all suicides. Good kids without a dad can go bad. According to the National Fatherhood Initiative, The father absence, it's a crisis in America. 18.4 million children, one in four, are without a biological step or adoptive father at home. 18.4 million kids without a male figure in their life. Research shows when a child is raised in a father absent home, these are the ways they're affected. Are you ready? They're four times greater, or they have a four times greater chance of living in poverty. They're more likely to have behavioral problems. This is one of the things that we see in school a lot. It's becoming all too familiar. Kid has a problem. Must be his home life. What's going on at home? And that's the first thing you have to check into. What's the home life like? And then you find out that the father's absent sometimes by choice or most of the time by choice, but sometimes not by choice. So they're more likely to have behavior problems. They're two times greater to have a risk of infant mortality. So when the father checks out, the infant, two times more likely to die. Boys, young men, without a father, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit crime, 
They're seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Okay? These are just children in a fatherless home. More likely to face abuse and neglect. More likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. More likely to suffer obesity. And two times more likely to drop out of school. So the negative effects, let's sum it up. The ones that really hit home. More likely to go to prison, commit crime, to get pregnant as a teenager or to become the father at a teen-aged level. Drugs and alcohol drop out of school. Those are some serious and life-changing, life-altering effects to the father being absent. And so when we bring the fathers back into the house, the good fathers, the fathers that care, that love their kids, that will take care of them, won't abuse them, the ones that actually are going to be there and do all they can. And they, and not only that, but they show that to the kids. So the kids have that understanding that the dad is there for them. Now, in this day and age with this economy, dad might have to work a couple jobs and maybe a weekend job and all this other stuff. But yet they're going to be there and they're going to let that kid know, those kids know that they are there for them and that they love them. They're going to make that known. And then hopefully the mom is there. And is able to reinforce that. Yes, even though dad's gone a lot, he's working for us. And then when he's home, you guys do stuff together to reinforce that. But these are the things. So think about this. 18.4 million children in America without some sort of male figure in the house. How many of those are going to go to prison, commit crime, become teen parents, abuse drugs and alcohol? Fentanyl is going crazy in this country. And drop out of school. And unfortunately, that's what I see. I deal with a lot of people that drop out of school. And now I'm trying to work with them to get them back to an education level where they can now start to advance in career and advance in life and get better jobs. So if we have such a negative effect to dads and fathers being absent, what about the strengths of a father that's there? Children with involved fathers have a strong foundation for a child well-being. Again, the National Fatherhood Initiative. They are at lower risk for a host of poor childhood outcomes. They have better or they have a less, a lower uh, infant mortality, so they have a better, better chance of making it as a kid. Low birth rates are improved. They have better emotional and behavioral problems. They lack that neglect and abuse that they might get from others. They're not so prone to injury or being obese. Their grades perform better at school. Teen pregnancy drops. Incarceration uh, incarceration as juveniles drop. Alcohol and substance abuse drops. Criminal activity drops. And the one thing we haven't touched on, suicide. Suicide rates amongst kids whose dads are absent, whose fathers are absent, is high. When the father's around, those suicide rates drop significantly. And then what happens when you have dads and moms involved? Because you have the benefits of the father, but the mother 
They reap a whole host of benefits when the fathers are involved during pregnancy and in raising the kid. Again, National Fatherhood Initiative. The mother is going to receive prenatal care or will have a better pregnancy, which will lead to a lot of better things for the child, which includes less infant mortality. So when it talks about infant mortality here, you're talking about the prenatal care is better. Therefore, the infant is going to be better. Less likely to smoke during pregnancy if the dad's around and involved. Healthier births. Low risk of postpartum stress. Postpartum is a big thing. And so if the mother alone is by herself, and I've talked to a couple people, they've shared their story with me about their postpartum and how bad it was. And it was unsolicited, mind you. When you work in a world of teachers and young teachers with young families, they tend to share some stuff. And they were sharing their postpartum, and it was like, whoa. But the key was the dad was there. The husband was there to intervene and to help and to do what was necessary to get them through. So then the next time they had a child, they knew what to expect because they didn't realize that postpartum was going to hit. And so they prepared for it. But together they they worked on it. And it was together that they had to overcome this thing. By herself, she said that if it wasn't for her husband, she would probably be dead with her kids because that postpartum would have made her kill herself and her kids. So the dad being around, the husband being around, healthier births, lower risk of postpartum stress, lower risk of postpartum depression, lower parenting stress, more leisure time. You get more leisure time because you hand the kids off to the dad so you can go and have mom time, me time, and that's when the dad takes them out and puts them in a wagon behind the John Deere tractor and drives them around the lot or dresses them up in whatever non-matching clothes and takes them out for, like, ice cream for dinner, feeds them Lucky Charms for dinner, and does all that stuff. That's when the mom's having the me time. That's why dads are important. That male figure is important. And then, of course, you have higher marital satisfaction. So these are the things that happen when it's a father and mother in the picture, and more importantly, when the father's in the picture. Because, again, you've got kids, men that are absent, and kids, boys and girls, growing up without fathers, having all these issues. I occasionally do uh, assignments at an alternative school. Talk to young girls, teen girls pregnant all the time. Or young men, teens in juvie. Or this is their alternative to juvie. And it's fascinating to find out their stories once they kind of open up a little bit and share. And it's always something because there's no supervision. They're left to their own and they're trying to learn life on the streets. And they're getting influenced by bad people whether it be bad kids or whether it be other adults that are taking advantage of them. And so it's important. So why is it that men are losing in life? And why is it that boys are failing at school? It's because there's a lack of men in their life. There's a lack of the father. Let's start there. Then from there, it's a lack of, if the father's gone, a lack of a respected male authority figure, a stepfather, a mentor, a coach. How many times have you seen coaches? I've seen it on social media a lot. Coaches attacking, physically attacking their players. I've coached many years, and I could see where kids, these these players, these athletes can kind of get to you if you let them. 
But when you look at them as who they are, they're just boys. Why are you pushing them around? So he missed the block. Yeah, you lost the game. You know that sucks that you lost the game? But you know what? He's just a boy. Teach him. Be a man and teach him, but instead you abuse him. Push him around. Grab him by the face mask. Drag him. I think Trent Dilfer, there's a video going around social media. I think it's Trent Dilfer, allegedly, um, pushing some kid around. Some say it's his son. Still doesn't excuse it. But you see a lot of times. You see these coaches. Coaches have an opportunity to be in a huge impact. And let's not forget the other attacks of things like LGBT. You have uh, hormone blockers and this assault on kids. I guess there's a story about Vanderbilt doing this reconstructive, permanent reconstructive surgery on minors. Now, apparently they've been exposed and state legislature, uh, legislatures have stepped in, so they paused all stuff now. But again, you can debate the right or wrong of it, but why is there an assault on our kids when it comes to that type of thing? Abortion, can't tell the parents. LGBT, reconstructive surgery, can't tell the parents. Schools want to keep parents out of school. Why is that? School boards calling parents terrorists, domestic terrorists, wanting the National Guard to come in and treat them as domestic terrorists. Why are school boards going against what parents want? Why are people wanting parents out of the equation? So if you're lucky enough to survive the womb and you're actually born because there's a big push for abortion, California, a big abortion sanctuary state now, for example, but you survive birth and maybe you have a dad around so that you survive some of these other things that are going on, like infant mortality and your mom having postpartum stress and stuff, so you survive all that. Then once you get to school now, there's an assault on you to change your gender, to kick your parents out of your life, to do things in secret. No wonder why we're screwed up. No wonder why men are failing and boys are failing in education. It's because... There's an assault against them. And where does that assault come from? Well, it comes from an ideology. And the ideology comes from the heart, and that's evil in the heart. Evil in the heart that comes out that wants to do things like that to kids. And money, greed. Apparently, this Vanderbilt story, go look it up for yourself. Apparently, they were talking about how much money is in all this. Abortion, how much money is in on this. And so you like to call it a social cause. You like to call it independence. You like to call it a body, a choice. But it comes down to greed. It comes down to money. It comes down to an assault on our kids. And that's it. Plain and simple. You can mix it up all you want and say it's this, that, or something else. But why is it in secret? If it has to be in secret, if you have to make sure that the parents don't know about it, then there's probably something wrong with it. If you have to hide it and cover it up, then there's something wrong about it. And that's what's going on in our country. That's why men are failing in life, because they're not given the opportunity. Sure, men have had the opportunity all along, but then as we started to do Title IX and raise women, men were forgotten. Now we start to have trans men competing in women's sports or trans women men who are now women, compete in women's sports. And now women are starting to get pushed out. So now they're starting to be affected. And then what about these illegal immigrants? Now all of a sudden you've got a governor in Florida sending them to New York, 
Martha's Vineyard. And now all of a sudden the people that are like, hey, we welcome you. We welcome you. Open, open sanctuary cities. If you were here, we'd take care of you. Wait a minute. We can't handle you. Why are you coming here? Why are they? That's wrong. Trafficking. Crimes. You see? They're speaking out of their mouth because their heart is evil and it's an assault on your young people. We need to get fathers back into the home. We need to get positive role models, male role models involved in these kids. And we got to start looking at jobs that are kind of female minded and remove the stigma. If a guy is teaching those positions, if he's a kindergarten teacher, maybe that's a good thing, a positive influence, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade teacher. It's important to have them there. Coaches, maybe you spend time investing, and you see a lot of them do. It's not like it's a rampant thing. But again, you see them invest in their lives so that we can start to break the cycle, start to understand that these kids are fragile. We need to raise them up. We need to teach them. If you don't teach them what's right, wrong, how to do something, how are you going to expect them to know? It's like coaches. Coaches, the coaching profession is still one of the few professions around where bullying is okay. I've never seen a teacher throw a math book, a math textbook or a science textbook, or dump over a chair in the classroom because a student didn't understand the Pythagorean theorem. I mean, who does really? Or the life cycle of plants. No, they sit down and they teach them. They tutor them. We need to take that same approach when it comes to raising up our kids. Showing young boys what it's like to actually be responsible young men. How they should treat others, how they should treat their teachers, how they should act, how they should take responsibility. Show young ladies how to respect themselves. How not to devalue themselves. How not to give themselves something that's less than who they are. But we really need to get Fathers back into, because without fathers, all we're left is with mothers trying to carry the load. Last night, I had the most interesting dream. In it, I was six years old in a national spelling bee. Genius. Complex words like serendipity, duodenum, phloxanoxin, hilipilification, all spelled correctly. Up until the final round, one word between me and victory. The spellmaster clears his throat. Young man, your word is father. The crowd began to chatter amongst themselves, seemingly displeased at the simplicity of this final word. So I searched the audience for those eyes, those eyes that say, everything's going to be okay. Just do it. I realized I dazed off. Young man, your word his father. So I stood up straight, licked my lips, and began. Father. M-O-T-H-E-R. Father. The spellmaster looks at me. He looks back at his flashcard, then back at me and says, I'm sorry, but you're incorrect. But I don't, I don't think he understands. You see, my father is sitting right in the audience. Excuse me? I'm sorry, son, but you are incorrect. Well, then you, sir, 
can save your sorry apologies because you must mean incorrect as within the box of being right. Let me explain something to you because obviously you ain't grow up where poppers are rolling stones down the hills of women's backsides and when he is gone, all he's left us is alone where menstrual men stroll around on bikes and fathers balance their menstrual, two jobs, two kids and a life on a unicycle and it looks something like this, breastfeeding with one arm, phone on the shoulder, cooking with one arm, cleaning with one leg, Tying sneakers with their teeth Young fathers who make mistakes Because we are not all perfect But the one mistake they never make Is abandoning their seeds You see fathers are master gardeners They tend to every leaf Removing the weeds Placing us in the windows of opportunity So that we can lean towards the sun And never forget that the sky is the limit Planting kisses on our cheeks Hugs on our backs Growing their love on us the best way they know how Like my father My father Walked a daily nightmare so that I can live my dreams. My father watered me with blood, sweat, and tears in hopes that I'd be ripe for the harvest. And I hope that one day I'll be as great of a father as she was for me. You did not ask me to spell deadbeat, sir. But if you'd like deadbeat, here it is. F-A-T-H-E-R-D-A-D-D-A-D-D-Y-P-O-P-P-O-P-S if you like the slang. You asked me to spell father. And where I am from, in my life, father is, always has been, and always will be spelled M-O-T-H-E-R. So open your encyclopedias. Show me your flashcards. Open your dictionaries. Because what Webster says means nothing around here, around here. My father's sitting right there, and I love her. Fathers, time to step up, time to man up, time to take back your responsibility and act accordingly. Whatever you have to do to figure it out, whatever you have to do to rectify the situation, it's time for you to get back into your kids' life. Time to reconcile with them. Ask them to forgive you if you've left them, if you've done something to cause that riff. Because a child, no matter how old, but a child, it's not their responsibility. You're the parent. You're the one that needs to take the responsibility for that reconciliation to fix it. Because no matter how old your child is, they always want you in their life. Even if they're an adult child, they want you in their life. And so it's about time you get back into it and do your responsibility. There is no more excuses. There is no more excuses like it's been too long. Or I don't know what I should say or do. I don't know the steps to take. Well, so you got to find it out. Talk to somebody. Figure it out. Excuses are done. The time for excuse is over. You need to figure out a solution and go after it and resolve those issues. And for the parents, the fathers that are out there that are doing it right, Congratulations. Be encouraged. Keep doing it because you're doing the right thing. Because of what you're doing, the kids that are yours, whether it be a step situation, whether it be a biological situation, adoptive situation, a foster situation, as the father, you are having a huge impact. And just by being in their lives, some of the things that we've talked about, the drug abuse, the pregnancy, the suicide, the rates are dropping the longer you invest in their lives. 
the respect that they're going to gain and the respect that they're going to show others. What you are doing, in essence, is you are trying to bring out that inner greatness in both you and them. You're inspiring them to be a better person, especially if it's a young boy. You're raising them up, raising that standard to show them what it's like to be a true man, inspiring them and motivating them to achieve that. The road might not be easy. In fact, it could be quite difficult, but you can do it. So keep doing it. Don't let society, don't let the world tear you down and say what you're doing is wrong. Don't let labels interfere with what you're doing. If you're a mentor, be a role model. Whatever it might be, if you are a man and you want to impact the life of somebody, maybe you should go out and look for a young man that is or has an absent father or parents aren't around and you can have a positive impact, help them out. Because again, when it comes back to all the things we talk about is trying to raise the standard, inspire and motivate others to bring out their inner greatness so that they can achieve things live the life that they want to live instead of living the life they have to live. And then hopefully they repeat the process and you can do that. So whether it's time for you to reconcile and get your act together and get back in the game or whether you're in the game and you're doing it the best you can, just keep going because you're going to have that positive impact on those young kids, especially those young boys. And then we have a better opportunity of increasing that success in education for young men. Having men start winning in life instead of losing in life, which all in all will make this place that we live in a much better place. And it might have to start at the community level, the neighborhood level, the block level, your social circle level. But start somewhere and be the impact. Be the person, be the change that you want to see. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Hey, check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com, one word. You can click on the Two Steps Ahead Podcast logo, and all of our shows pop up. There's a couple other podcasts also hosted on that website. You can check those out as well. You can go to our Instagram page, T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And you can see some show clips there and some other things. You can click on the link tree bio in the uh, bio section. And it brings up all kinds of uh, places to uh, check out our YouTube channel, our SoundCloud channel. We can actually download and take shows with you on the go. Our merchandise shop, if you want some cool merchandise, hoodie season is here. Got some pretty cool hoodies on there that you might want to uh, sport and represent. And then also you can uh, email the show at two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. That's TWO, two steps ahead podcast at gmail.com. And listen to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts, or you can just do a Google search or an internet search of TWO, two steps ahead podcast, and we pop up. Hey, take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. Until next time, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. God bless.